control you that way, right? You're, yeah. you're able to be controlled and capitalized um, in the system that, you know, this capitalistic system that we unfortunately find ourselves into. Mm-hmm. You know, e- even this entire experience, even with, you know, police brutality, right? It gets monetized, right? Because the media is, you know, the ratings are through the roof because everybody wants to hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's almost like it's a, you know, it's, it's a Super Bowl or a big sporting event when something like this happens, right? Commercials, you know, ad- advertisers make money, more money because more people are watching TV. Mm-hmm. Like literally, this has become a ploy to drive the economy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about being traumatized, I think that also goes into like the um, the feelings of depression and right. um, all the other, you know, diagnosis that we tend to get mm-hmm. because of the trauma that we're experiencing. And so if you think about it, when you're watching TV, the commercials, mm-hmm. they end up being like the commercials for depressive medic- yep. antidepressive oh, wow. medications or, you know, um, or going to therapy. therapy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Things of that nature. And so why is that happening? Because they know exactly the state of our people exactly, right now. They exactly. Know. So you get this information from the media mm-hmm. and then they give you what you need to like balance the information that you're getting, the trauma that yep. you're receiving from watching this over and over. And then social media has now become the new media, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. No experts. Yeah. Not many experts. Exactly. Just people just just free to just say Actually, and do anything. Everybody's an expert now. Yeah. In reality exactly. now. Right? <laughs> you know, it's, you know? It's, it's sad, though. It's mm-hmm. sad because you don't know what to listen to. Right. What to believe. Right. Yeah. You know, but that's why we do this podcast, you know, because we we like to spread consciousness mm-hmm. yeah. and from different perspectives, because, you know, it's not a one size fits all thing. Right. right? We, we we heal differently, especially when you talk, we talk about death. You know, everybody's experience with death is, is different. Mm-hmm. Everybody heals differently, grieve differently. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I, I guess that's a good thing about social media because you get to, you know, relate. You get to, you know, see what resonates with you, right? Like, it, you you got so many different circumstances and situations that you can just find what resonates with you but know how to filter out the BS. So I think that's kind of the problem because you have to think about it. When we were growing up, there was a clear delineation between what's for adults and, and what's for, for children. children. Yes. And now... Everyone has access to the same media. Yep. And so you're exposing children to something they are unable to handle. Absolutely. You know, and we don't prepare them for that. And so you have children that's grown up in this society and then they end up making these mistakes and they don't understand where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you know? right. Um, and so I think I don't have children. However, I think that um, we're not parenting the, the way that we need to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a... I'm not a biological mother, but I'm a mother to many. Okay. You know, and I so love I, that. yeah. I love that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so I still try to do what I, my part by, Absolutely. you know, parenting as much as I can, mm-hmm. teaching, you know, um, others, okay. you know, a way to go and then kind of like how to filter, mm-hmm. how to, um, how to take in that information, how to understand what you're feeling, understanding emotions yes. regarding a situation, and then understanding what to do when you're placed in a situation, such as, you know, Tyree Nichols, you yes. know, or any of the other, you know, young people that we've lost, you know, to senseless crime. Right, know? right. And I'm sure that comes from experience. Absolutely. And you yeah. happen to deal with that yourself. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> right? Would you Absolutely. would you mind sharing any Absolutely. So Ah, where do I start? Because <laughs> I, I always think that it's important to like to build the story so you can kind of understand instead of just like throwing it right at you. Absolutely, you know? yeah. absolutely. So, um, so for me, I am the youngest of five children. Okay. Yeah. My parents, they were married for 26 years. Oof. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> for 26 years. It's a beautiful thing, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Black love, right? Black Absolutely. Love. And I was yes. daddy's little little girl, you know. Okay. That was, like, I love my daddy, you Aww. know. And to this day, I still mm. love my father. Yeah. So, um, you know, being the youngest, you don't really get to see I really understand everything that's going on. So the experiences that my siblings had, mm-hmm. 
I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the baby. So I was <laughs> a little easier for you. Exactly. <laughs> I was I was able to get everything. Uh-huh. You know, I'm just like, what are you talking about? Daddy did what? <laughs> right. You know, so um, so yeah, so when my parents divorced, it was tragic for me. Mm. I was in the sixth grade and I just my parents were splitting up and I'm like, what is this? You know? Exactly. Um later on I started to understand it, especially as an adult, I definitely understand, you know, like the tra- the tragedies that occur in the relationships. But um so my parents, they were divorced for seven years. They both remarried. Um, okay. And they only remarried. Like my mom remarried <laughs> because like my parents, they, they were together since high school. Oh, wow. They got married at eighteen. And so my mom wow. was a nurse. Wow. My dad joined in the army and you know, when he apparently when he went to Vietnam, um, mm. that changed him. Of and so course. when he came back, he became abusive. Um, which again, I didn't see, I didn't experience that. Mm. So, um, so with that, um, you know, my mom experienced a lot. So that's what ultimately led to the divorce. And my older siblings also experienced a lot. And that's what led to it. So my parents, again, they were divorced for seven years. My mom remarried. So my dad remarried, Mm. (laughs) Okay, you know, and then I will never forget. Um, so I graduated from high school in 2000. One, so maybe Christmas? <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm telling my age, but I look good. I know, I so oh, my goodness, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Christmas of mm, 2002, my entire family was there. So mm-hmm. my brother was there. Um, my brother was kind of like in and out of jail, like his teenage years, um, unfortunately. And we can talk about that in a second, too, because that's another death that I experienced, unfortunately. But in 2002, everybody was there, like my mm-hmm. nieces, my nephews, my dad came from Arkansas because like when, that's where they're from. Okay. And so um, when they got divorced, he moved back there. So he came back and we had the best Christmas ever. Mm-hmm. And so um, at this time, of course, I'm in college mm-hmm. and uh, my parents, they were like, not really happy in their relationships and they both were like going into like separations of their second marriages. And Mm so I'll never forget after Christmas, my mom called all five of us kids and said, what do you think about your dad and I getting back together? And we were all like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. 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 So, um, so they ultimately, my dad, he moved back to Georgia and um, that was the plan for them to get married. But mm-hmm. my parents, we grew up in a very Christian household. My okay. father was a pastor. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. And so you so, grew up in church. Yeah, every day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> every day of the week. Right. So, um, so they like to do things the right way. But my yeah. dad was so excited about coming back and getting back with his first love mm-hmm. yeah. that he moved into my mom's house and my mom was like no we're not married yet you know (laughs) but that's kind of what it was but at that time my oldest niece and my oldest nephew were um living with my mother and they were kind of unruly children and my dad is a very um he's a disciplinarian or he was disciplinarian Mm -hmm. and so he did not appreciate the um disrespect of my niece and nephew towards my mother. Oh, okay. So he was trying to discipline. And when my mom saw the discipline, I think it kind of like triggered some PTSD that she had from the abuse. Mm. And so she decided she didn't want to get with them. You know, and my oh, wow. dad couldn't accept oh. that. So from there, um, my dad became very depressed. And um, I'll never forget, he called me and he said, your mom didn't come home last night. And he was just sitting in a parking lot um, of Walmart. And I was in college, and of course, I didn't know how to handle anything like that. And so I was just like, okay, well, I'll call her, you know, later on. And uh, I said, Dad, everything's going to be okay. So um, I think that was a Friday or so, or maybe a Saturday, I don't know. But I called my mom, and I was so upset with her. And I'll never forget the last words that I ever said to my mom, which is horrible. Um, And I, I told her, I said, don't ever talk to me again. Mm. Yeah, because I was upset. You were upset. I was upset. Okay. I said, how would you let dad come back, move all the way back to Georgia, and then you decide that you don't want to be with him? Mm. You can't do that, you know? Yeah. yeah. So those were the last words I ever said to my mom. So I went down to Columbus that Saturday, and I did not go see my mother. They were at church. Mm. I went to the church to go get a key from my niece 
to go get something out of the house. And that was it. I did not go see her. That Sunday, I went to church with um, my godmother. And I'm sitting in church. And my phone was on silent. When we get back to the car, I look at my phone. And I see all these missed calls. And I listen to the voicemails. And it's my siblings crying. Daddy killed mom. Yeah. No. Yep. So no. I was like, and I, I called one of my sisters, and I was just like, what's going on? They're crying. They're all outside of my mom's house. And they was like, you need to get home. Because nobody knew that I was in Columbus. They thought I was still up in Atlanta. And so I, my godmother, she drove real fast to get me down there because um, we were, like, in North Columbus. And so we got down to where, um, where my mother's house was. And then... Mm. It was so crazy because, like, we're on this street. And this street was really busy, and she needed to turn onto the road where we lived. And I was like, I'm not waiting. I jumped out, out of the car, ran in front of cars, mm-hmm. running up the street because I'm oh. like, this can't be real. So and scary. I see the yellow tape around the house and everybody in the neighborhood outside. And I see my siblings standing there just crying. Aww. And so... What happened was um, my mom, that Sunday, April 27, 2003, so I'm coming up on my 20th year mm. of uh, experiencing my parents' death, my um, dad was in the house. My mom was coming to pick up my niece, um, and I actually had two other nieces that were there. She was coming to pick them up so they can go to church that Sunday, mm-hmm. and um, my dad was in the house waiting on her. And Apparently, she came in to pick them up, and he picked her up by her neck and put her... These, this is a story that I heard from my niece. Picked her up by her neck, put her against the wall, and had a small handgun against her jaw, asking was, were they going to be together or not? And I guess she, at that point... Because I can find the beauty in everything. You see how easy mm. it is for me to talk about this. Mm. At that point, my mom said no. This is what my niece said. And I was like, that's strength. Looking back... That's strength. With a gun to With your a face. gun to your, to your face, to your jaw, and you tell him no. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So he uh. shot her in the jaw. My nieces, they ran out. And um, apparently, like when um, EMS found her, she was on the bed. So apparently he took her to the bed and set her down. And he had another, um, like a shotgun, and he put it up to her temple and he shot her on the bed and then apparently he came to the door because um i think someone saw him he came to the door and um he was kind of disoriented and he was saying oh I, I i killed her i killed her i killed her and then he um next thing you know he went into the same room she was in and he put the gun in his mouth and he killed himself he shot straight up oh. and killed himself so that was that was the moment apparently when we were standing outside my dad was still alive when EMS got there. And so my dad, um, they took him to the hospital. And we were just like, why are you taking him? Take mama, you know? But she was dead on the, on the scene. Right, well, so, yeah. um, so we were able to get to the hospital. And my dad had just passed right when we got there. Um, but, yeah. Oh, Shamika, I'm yeah. so sorry to yeah. hear that. Yeah. That is tragedy. It is tragedy. And it you? is. I was 20 years old when that happened. 20 years wow, old. I'm so sorry. To yeah. Hear that. The thing that bothered me the most was the last words that I ever said I, to I my mom. I see that. You know? I see that. And so moving forward, like I've learned so much from this. And like, um, what I did used... you learn from this? <laughs> like, I'm just curious to. Oh my gosh. It's so much. I can like pick different parts of the story and kind of tell you different things. So again, when my mom was able to say what she said, that was strength. Strength yes. in that moment, standing up for what you believe standing up you know to yeah. your you can say your oppressor yes. you know yeah. um and 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 you know being your your own advocate you know yes right. and um being true to yourself and not just doing something because someone else want you to do <laughs> it you know um but also in that situation um as i got older understanding relationships and yeah. how i wanted my parents to get back together for my own selfish Right. Desires, you know, right. it wasn't because of who they were and the things that they experienced, because I was young at that time. I didn't right. understand that, right. you know, but um, experiencing relationships as an adult 
it's like you have to be true to yourself, understand what you desire in a relationship and do that. Mm -hmm. And if this person is not serving you, Mm -hmm. then it's okay to walk away from that. And not only that, like in order to be in a relationship, you have you have to be whole yourself. You can never get into a relationship thinking that someone else is going to complete you. you Yeah, Yeah, because if you think that someone else is supposed to complete you, then that means that you are are a complete mess yourself. Absolutely. You know, and so everything is internal and quit seeking external factors to fulfill Mm -hmm. your internal needs absolutely so it's a lot of things um i can go on and on because it's so many (laughs) i can like dissect this whole thing and tell you the things that i've learned but also um you know with my father because like i said i still love my father to this day that's my dude (laughs) you know i was daddy's little girl and my dad always praised me he'll come home from work i'll be you know would be outside playing with my my friends and i'll see that red and white chevy getting ready to turn down the street and he had the same routine backing in you know and um as soon as he got out of the truck i'm standing there jumping up and down and he picks me up and swings me around you know that love that fatherly love your father as a as a a young girl that's the first man that you ever know yeah and experience love from exactly absolutely exactly and even that's very profound because even knowing the circumstance you still have that much love Mm -hmm. for your father Mm -hmm. so i'm just curious to to know what did you tell yourself Mm -hmm. after that like because you had to say i know dad was going through something. Yeah. He wasn't himself. Yeah. What did yeah. you tell yourself about your father to put you at ease so you could say, I still love my father? Mm-hmm. That took some time. So I think the fact that my father, first of all, he has never, he had never done anything to me. And I can't take someone else's pain, you know, and make it, and make it mine. No. Yeah. I had my own relationship with my father, right. and that relationship was really good. Yeah. You know, um, I know that others, no one else in my family can say that, mm-hmm. but I can. Wow. So I know what that love, feel, that love feels like from a man, right. you know, from right. my father. I know mm-hmm. what that feels like. Right. And so um, understanding that, and I have learned to compartmentalize because a lot of people ask me, how did you keep going? Right. How did you keep going? Right. You know, and... Because I was a sophomore in undergrad at that time. And I, you know, um, my professors, they were just like, take your final whenever you want. (laughs) You know, (laughs) or some of them said, okay, you know what? Your grade that you have in class right now, that's your grade for the semester. I was like, okay. But it was instilled in me in a, a very young age that... You know, you, I don't know, I don't even know how to say it, but I've always separated, like, my personal life from my professional life. Yeah. Completely separated it. So I knew, do good in school. Do right. good in school. Before I even went to kindergarten, I knew I wanted to be in the medical field. Because my mm-hmm. mom was a nurse. Okay. And my mom was a nurse, and I said, you know what? You're a nurse. That means I'm supposed to be a doctor. Mm. That's what I said. Before I even went to kindergarten. So <laughs> wow. where did that come from? Right. You know? Right. So with that being said, it's like I made straight A's in school. Mm-hmm. Like I may have acted up at home. Right. <laughs> right. But when I went to school, I knew you act right. You right. do your work. And that's what I did. So I got all the awards when I was in grade school. I did everything I was supposed to do. I graduated in the top ten of my class in wow. in um high school and I got so many scholarships to go to college. Like college was paid for, undergrad wow. was paid for, wow. and um, my scholarships even made helped me um, to purchase my first car. Like awesome. seriously, awesome. so I so parents did a great job absolutely. raising you. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. So I compartmentalized, and I so I knew to keep going. And so although I'm dealing with this personally, you don't allow that to affect your schooling because this is what's allowing you to get to where you need to be in life. Was it also part um, coping? It was. was so profession? that's the second yeah. portion of it. So exactly. I knew that if I ever stopped, that mm. I would break down. Yep. So mm. I, it's, I God is amazing. Oh. Mm. So let me tell you this. And I, I'm talking so much. No, talk. It's okay. <laughs> this is what we're supposed to do. You're dropping this some is, jewels there. You so, know? This is the purpose. Okay. Yeah. So 
when um, after, well, I didn't even get a chance to tell my parents that I was changing my major. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was like, oh, I don't want to go to medical school. I didn't think that at that time Mm -hmm. of my life that I could make a decision for what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Because you was in trauma. You was dealing with a lot of things. Yeah, Yeah, but at the same time, I had an experienced life. Mm -hmm. I just was going through the motions of, do good. You go to school. You finish school, you know, high school, you go to college. Right. You know, I was just going through those motions and never really thinking for myself and never experiencing life. But I changed my major. I said, I don't want to go to medical school. I want to go and be a physician assistant. And so I don't want to take biology pre-med anymore. I'm going to (laughs) switch and I'm going to take respiratory therapy because then I'll be able to get some experience in medical field and then go to PA school. Mm -hmm. So I made that decision before my parents passed away. Like, I didn't get a chance to tell them. However, in making that decision, um, I was able to graduate. I don't know the day that I graduated from undergrad, but let's say I graduated, like, May 14th. The school that I wanted to go to, Mm -hmm. I only applied to four grad schools. Mm -hmm. The school I wanted to go to was the school that I got accepted in. Wow. And this is nothing but God, right? Because that school started immediately after I graduated from undergrad. So I graduated, let's say, May 14th. I drove to Philadelphia May 16th. I started PA school May 18th. Wow. So I was in school for six and a half years straight. And that was my coping mechanism. You were driven. Yeah. I was staying busy because I knew that if I had stopped. Yeah. I was going to break down. Absolutely. But also if I stopped, what was I going to do with my life? You know? And a lot of people find that thing that they cope with, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and you're blessed to be to have been able to find that thing and have that thing. Was yeah. it the same for your siblings? Were they able to <sighs> navigate through that the same way you did? Mm. It's funny because, you know, you can all be raised in the same household and you're all different. Very much so. You're all different. Oh, listen. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) I understand. But were you able to be a voice to them to to help them through it? Because you seem like you're very headstrong, you know? I'm the baby. Yeah. I was the one that was spoiled and got everything that I wanted. Yeah. Nobody is going to listen to me. Really? (laughs) And that's how, is that how it still is today? Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, everybody kind of went their own route. And yeah. um, one of the things that I think was kind of, um, you know, looking back on it, no one, we never grieved together. Mm. We never did that. Everybody grieved in their own way. Yeah. And I think um, we're, we're not as close as I would like for us to be. Right. Um, and I think that's, that plays a part in it. But right. yeah, everybody just did their own thing. Yeah, yeah, and that happens. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. You know, grieving is going to be different for each of you. You know, just like you said, you were all in the same household, which totally different. Totally different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Know, um, so when you speak of what you have to offer, you know, children, mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's um, that's mm-hmm. special. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's that's definitely special to have that, you know, that experience and yeah, to be able to help a, a child through that, you yeah. know, or anybody through yeah. that, because um, losing someone is not hard and multiple people at once. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not easy. Shall mm-hmm. I say that's not easy. That's mm-hmm. very hard. And um, God bless you. Like, <laughs> no, really, that is. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I like taking tragedies and turning it into triumph. Yeah. <laughs> so even when I graduated from grad school, um, I had a desire to teach young girls mm-hmm. how to survive any trauma that they've had in their life. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, anything bad that you think can happen to a woman has happened to me. Absolutely. In, name it, it's happened. And um, so with that, when I first came back home, because even again, I was like, okay, I'm going back home and I'm going to find me a job. However, I need something to do. Right. (laughs) You know, and so um, at that time, I had a niece that was in high school and um, her parents, they had divorced some years earlier. And so um, 
she was living with her father and they had some hardships and um but I wanted to make sure that she did not allow those hardships to stop her path Mm -hmm. and she had friends in school that were dealing with some things as well but not only that she seemed to attract other young girls in high school that were dealing with things Mm -hmm. and so I decided to start an organization and this was like in my very young entrepreneurial mindset (laughs) mind um mindset and um so I didn't know, okay, you can try to apply for a grant. You can do this, do that. Right, so I was right. doing it all on my own, right? Mm-hmm. So I decided to start an organization that without, like, actually starting an organization. Yeah. But um, it was for young girls. And I'm not going to say what the name of it is because I still <laughs> want to go back and do it. And I need to, like, trademark that. Right. But, <laughs> but it was for me to um, reach out to young girls who were transitioning into adulthood. And so basically, young girls, I couldn't do anything with girls who were, you know, pregnant or had a kid because I don't have that experience. Mm. But other young girls who experienced tragedies in life, Mm -hmm. I used to go down to Columbus on Saturday mornings and pick all the girls up. We would go, you know, maybe to a restaurant and sit and just talk. And we created a safe space to talk about everything that was going on and to like encourage each other, motivate each other so that we can continue to move forward in life. And all of those girls either went to college or they went to the military. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Despite the Shemika, triumph. That yeah. is awesome. Absolutely. And we need more people like that because that's that's how that's the village. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we we speak on that all, often, yeah. you know, cuz we need that. Mm-hmm. We need we need people who've been through stuff to you know, help us navigate through life. Yeah. Pass the torch. You know, and support. You know, you know whether it be, you know, support, like, emotional support. Absolutely. Whatever kind of support. Like, we need that. Absolutely. Because we don't all, everybody don't always get it from their their household. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I taught those girls, like, to read books. Mm. So, yeah, that was the thing. It's like, I would buy a book. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, because I was um, still heavily in church at that time. And mm-hmm. I was um, attending one of the mega churches here in Atlanta. And um, the pastor, he always wrote these books. Mm -hmm. And there was a book that I absolutely loved at that time. It's called Guard Your Gates. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, you know, we take things in through our gates. Mm -hmm. So whether it's your eye gate, your ear Mm -hmm. gate, your mouth gate, you know, these are your gates. This is how things enter into your body. And so I was teaching those girls at that time to guard those gates. Watch what you listen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, watch the music that you listen to because mm-hmm. it has an influence over you. Absolutely. Watch what you're look at, looking at on TV, mm-hmm. you know, because that influences you. As we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. you know, the social media and, you know, watching TV and all the trauma. Right. Because that affects you whether you know it or not. Subconsciously, it affects you. Exactly. And you can find yourself acting out and doing things. You're like, where did that come from? Right. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. If you're exposed to something, like let's say that I'm, I'm poking you on your, your shoulder. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt, but if I keep poking it. It's going to bother me. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was teaching those girls that. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm just happy that they all did something with their life. That is you know? awesome. Do you, they, you still keep in touch with them? I haven't in a long time. No. And that, you know, but I, I said I want to, you know, start back doing that. I did yeah. in the first, because I graduated from school from grad school in 2007 yeah yeah tell me my age again it's okay <laughs> it's okay yeah, so um of course my niece of course i keep in touch with her yeah but yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah wow what an amazing story um shamika and you are um you're heaven sent you know you've been a blessing mm-hmm. to many young girls yeah. you know been able to be a gift to many young girls and that's awesome yeah. that's awesome and turning your tragedy to triumph. Yes. You know, it's a story in itself. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That is, I think you can't you can't stay there. You, you can't know? stay you can't there. Stay, you can't live in your past because, unfortunately, I have a sibling that kind of lives in the past. Yeah. You know, and you can't do that. But it's so that, easy to do that. It is. It's, you know, it's... It's not easy for everybody to move on and to move past trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, you really have to want it. Yeah. You have to, and, and to be around people like yourself who influences that and to help push you mm-hmm. to move past mm-hmm. it. It's, it's. Yeah. The thing is, it easy. doesn't feel good. So why do you want Why do you like, want to not feel good? Yeah. Because not, because people get comfortable with it. It's like. That it's like their norm. 
it's, it's but some not people, comfortable to and, me. And it's so bad with some people that even when they get out of it, they look for it in other people. Yeah. They look for that, you know, that hurt yeah. or those same traits that hurt them in other people and yeah. don't even realize yeah. it. Because it's that trauma that's yeah. built in you that you can't move past. Yeah. It's like you have to heal. You do. And not everybody know what healing you do. looks like. It takes time. It takes time. time. Yeah. But people don't even give themselves time Mm-mm. sometimes, Mm-mm. you yeah. know? And grace. <laughs> and grace. Grace. But it takes time. But, so I'm not perfect. I have made my mistakes <laughs> <laughs> at all. I can look back in my 20s and my yeah. 30s and I'm like, girl, what were you doing? Yeah. You know, because I was that person still seeking external, exactly. you know, to fulfill internal voids. Right. And you can't do that. You cannot. And like. Even though I I knew the lessons, I would read the books and do everything that I needed to do, it's still like you have to go on that journey, right? <laughs> you still have to do that. And so, like it sounds good, but you're not, you're yeah, not practicing yeah. it. You gotta or, find a- or it's easy to get fooled, yeah. you know? You know, you yeah. may get around a group of people, it seems like they're practicing, but at the same time, it's like when they're not all the way in the right place, then mm-hmm. it's easy to kind of get you, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's trickery. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not to revisit the trauma, but you uh, mentioned okay. you mentioned something about um, your brother mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said that's another you know yeah. death that you had to experience. Yeah. Would you mind you know elaborating a little more about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. So my brother, um, so my brother, he was the only boy out of the five of us. Oh right? wow! So oh, wow. it was only boy, the only boy. So I like to look Oof. at it like we were the Cosby Show. Oh, so we were not the Cosby Show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my brother was like right in the middle of. Yeah. of Two girls on each side, you know, and so um, my brother, apparently, he was a, a star athlete, okay. and um, and my father took him out of football, and that kind of mm. traumatized their relationship. I don't know the details of it, because, wow. again, I was the baby. Right. And so my, I think my, my brother was yearning for a relationship with his father yes. and never got that. So mm. my brother turned to the street, of course, like a lot of young, young yep. guys do. And um, so he was, you know, looking for love in the street, like yep. trying to get these friends. I don't know if he ever joined the gang. I don't think so. I don't I don't know. But some but kind of belonging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my brother um, also turned to alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, and so he would drink all the time. And I, I know it was to numb yep. those emotions yep. um, or lack thereof. Um, and so um, my brother, he would go to jail for DUI. It's like, how? <laughs> never had a car. Like, how? Like, but my older, my two older siblings, they had vehicles and he used to like go and steal their car and go oh, and just wow. joyriding and then get caught, oh, you know? So wow. he was kind of in and out of jail. And so, yeah. um, so anyway, every time he would get out, you know, he was my best friend. So yeah. I started working when I was 15, the summer of my, um, that summer before I turned 16. And so every time my brother would get out of jail, I would be like, okay, we're going shopping. I'm going to like get your clothes. We're going to do everything or whatever. So I would take care of him until he got back on his feet. And so he was a, a mama's boy. Okay. He didn't get that love from my dad. He got it from my mom. So anyway, moving forward, uh, when my parents died, of course, that was hard on him as mm-hmm. well as the rest of us. And so, but his mother died, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, um, Anyway, he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle it. Yeah. And so with having a record in and out of, of jail, um, finding a job was very difficult. And having a, a alcoholism, you know, um, yeah. that's difficult. And so you burn bridges, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And so he really didn't have a place to stay. And so he was living with a young lady and um, the relationship wasn't so good. And um he went away. I, I don't. Re- I think I have selective memory, honestly, because mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of things that yeah. happened, and I think it's just a part of my coping too. Yep. But yes. um, but apparently, my brother um, tried to commit suicide by taking some pills and was admitted into the hospital um, a couple of weeks before he died. And when he got released, he went missing. Mm. So he was missing for a week, and um, my brother, like, I graduated in two thousand seven, and I started like August of 2007. And I started working October 2007. And I was living with a friend at that time while I was looking for me a place to stay. And I told my brother, once I got a place to stay, I was coming to get him, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 
And um, but I got my place. I closed on my my house December two thousand seven, mm -hmm. and I just wanted to live by myself for one month. <laughs> right. That's it. Just a month. Yes. yes. And so I didn't say anything. <laughs> And then he went missing for a whole week. Mm -hmm. And when he came back, he called me. And I'll never forget. It was February 7, 2008. I was sitting at my job. And um, he called. And I was like, Eric, you can't take someone's car and go missing. You're going to go back to jail. And he was like, I'm not going back to jail. And he started mm -hmm. telling me he loves me and all this stuff. And I was like, I love you, too. And I didn't want to tell him that I was coming down there to get him. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be a surprise. Aww. And so when I got off work, I stopped by the store because I just wanted to grab one thing and then I was going to head to Columbus to go get them. And um, as I was walking into the store, my oldest niece calls me and she says that he's dead. Yeah. So apparently he committed suicide because he was not, he had a hard time those five years of losing my, my parents, but especially my mother. And he just was, he had burned so many bridges and he didn't have anyone and he was in a horrible relationship and he just gave up. You know, and so um, that's so, not yeah. your fault. It's not. It's okay, not. I heard you say, so, you know, I didn't tell him I was coming. No, so you let know? me tell you. And it took a long time before I yeah. understood that that was not my yeah, fault. Got, yeah. Trust me. Like even to this day, yeah. <laughs> like I just had like this wild dream a couple of weeks ago about my brother, yeah. and I had to let it go. It's not my it's not fault. fault. You know, yeah. because at that point I was what two thousand. I don't know, in my early 25 or so. Yeah. And at that point, I'm not where, I was not where I am now. Mm -hmm. So if my brother came to live with me and he had those issues, there was no way I could help him. He would have just brought those issues back I to was my home. I going to say that. You know, yeah. and who knows what would have happened. And then coming from a small town like Columbus to Atlanta, where you, it's like yeah. so much access to anything, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, what would have happened? What kind of trauma will be going on in my home exactly. and then he could have potentially burned bridges with me too god protected you you know exactly exactly but it took a long that. time before i realized that yeah because i i was like okay i gotta do something so i adopted his son I adopted his son, took care of his son, but his son wanted to go back to his mother, which is fine, yeah, you know, but yeah. I was trying to do everything. And in that moment, too, I was trying to do everything to give back to my family. Yeah. I was like, OK, I'm the one that so-called made it. So yeah. what can I do? I need to help my family. Mm -hmm. And I had to let that go, too. Yeah. 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 So I did but a lot you, of you, you gave some you gave your service. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah it was a did. lot of coping that I had to do um, over the years. And like I said, you can read the books and, you know, think you have the right people in your corner. But the mm -hmm. work, mm -hmm. what I've learned. Yeah. Is really internal. It's internal. It's internal. And that's very profound. And I think the biggest message in that is to get like you said, give yourself time. Mm -hmm. Give yourself grace. You know, and thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Um, wow. You are you are over there. <laughs> you are quiet. <laughs> I know it's 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 heavy. It's heavy, Ooh. but Man, it's right. heavy, but it, it it gets lighter. It gets lighter with you know, time. With time. That's what it is. With time. With time, it mm -hmm. does. Yeah. It does. Because I can sit and talk and keep a smile on my and face. I was, I, and, and, and have such a beautiful smile, you know, yeah. and great personality. Yeah. And you would never know. Mm -mm. You know. Because I'm not defined by those, That's right. those events of my life. That's right. And I always tell people, you know, the greatest teacher is experience. Mm -hmm. But there are too many mistakes in this world to make them all yourself. So you have to have enough knowledge to know that you learn from the mistakes that you make as well as the mistakes of others. That's right. Indeed. Yeah. That's right. Because yeah. we are one, right? Yeah. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we need a break. I know, right? We wow. Um, no, this is um thank you for sharing that, Shamika. Yeah. And to the people who are listening, who can resonate who who this resonate with, um, understand it's okay to give yourself grace, to give yourself time to heal. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you have to do, get away from people who who bring that trauma back into mm -hmm. your life. Learn to let go. It's okay to, to be in solitude sometime, mm -hmm. you know? To isolate yourself because sometimes you need that. Yes. 
you Shut know <laughs> Shut it down. Like, <laughs> don't be easy accessible to everybody, yeah. you know, because you got to draw in sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I appreciate your courage. I yeah. appreciate your courage, you know, because to be able to share your story with the world, mm-hmm. um, you know, demands a, a ton of courage. Yeah. So I. Uh, Really, really grateful yeah. for yeah. also vulnerable vulnerability. vulnerability. Uh-huh. It takes a lot of vulnerability as well. You to know? share so that I appreciate story. you being vulnerable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to us and to the world yeah. to share. You know, and I'm sure them girls remember you. Oh yeah, I'm sure they carry you in their hearts. <laughs> like yeah, Miss Shamika, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm conscious intercourse. Yeah. Um. We're going to take a break and then uh, uh, we'll come back and continue to share more of our experiences and accelerate our evolution as spiritual beings. We'll be back. Back soon. And we are back. Conscious intercourse. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Our amazing yeah. guest, Ms. Shamika here, has um, shared an amazing story, heartfelt story, mm-hmm. which we appreciate you for. Thank you. You know, and, and you know, during the break, we mentioned, um, you know, relationships and, and that spiritual partnerships mm-hmm. and, you know, being able to create those bonds and connections with someone who come who's coming with different traumas and baggage and being able to love people through that mm-hmm. you know not Absolutely. everybody can do that and some people just like give up so easily mm-hmm. it's not it's not easy mm-hmm. right it's mm-hmm. not easy to love someone through their traumas and um and still heal yourself mm-hmm. right 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 and 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 i think that has that has a lot that that plays a big part with the black community, you know, and what we deal with, what we've gone through mm-hmm. and how we relate and mm-hmm. connect with each other. I mean, anybody in general, but I say black people because we've been through a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. We have. I don't like the word healing. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Like, do we ever heal? What does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. Um I know it's been a word that's been, you know, it's tossed around a lot lately because of the trauma um, that we've experienced, not only as a people, right? You know, the the whole 
history of black people in America is that of trauma. And if we healed from it, has anybody healed from trauma? Will we ever trauma? heal from yeah. it? I guess is what your question is. Yeah, like, will we ever really What does that heal? actually mean, time? It takes time. What is that like? What does that look like? You know, is it five is, years? Is it 10 years? Is it. I think it's different for everybody. Is, is, it, a, is it a lifetime? I think it's, it's recognizing your trauma and being accountable for it owning it and not allowing it to own you mm -hmm. because I can only like look at myself mm -hmm. and all the things that I've been through. Yeah. I don't feel like it defines who I am. I can talk about it. Right. I know that there are still some, um, I may act out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I may, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I can honestly, so, so what does that look like? <laughs> I cannot, let's, let's get juicy here. Let's get some details. I, I want to learn more because I want to. I want to borrow some of your acting out tricks. I gotta act out. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I'm just thinking about myself because we're talking about relationships. So mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about you know some of my past relationships or how I have you know wanted love in a way that I define what yes. love was because of what I've experienced, and I need you to fulfill me in this way, mm. but you're not able to fulfill me in this way. And so I'm acting out because I don't feel like you love me because you're not loving me the way that I want you to love me. Ooh, you know? So, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I think that if you recognize yourself and own it and you're able to freely talk about it and if you, because um, we were talking about spiritual partners, mm -hmm. so if you are truly with someone who's actually doing the spiritual work too, then I think you can understand each other on that level. Right. And it's not a matter of, um, cause I understand like the healing and how that's an ongoing process. You don't really like that cause we never get healed. But I think right. if you own it and you act, I don't know, you, you act, you know, as I don't know, in ownership and accountability, I think that helps you to move forward in life. I don't mm -hmm. know. I agree. No, you do know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. you, you're here, right? Mm -hmm, you're yeah. here in one piece, healthy, mm -hmm. you know, inspired, you know, happy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so you do know, right? Because mm -hmm. you were able to make it here and some did not. Mm -hmm. So there's some wisdom therein mm -hmm. into your journey. Yeah. You and know? you've been able to bless other people mm -hmm. with right. your story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I know it's not for me. <laughs> so everything that we we grow through in life mm -hmm. is for someone else. Hmm. And I understand that. So as I've gotten older and all the things that I've wiser. experienced, like, yeah, and mm -hmm. wiser, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, hey. All the things that I've experienced, you know, I tend to meet people who are going through some type of tragedy. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to like to show them my story or, or share my story with them. And they're like, oh, and you never gave up. It's like yeah. resilience. Yeah. It's resilience. Mm -hmm. And so I am like that role model for other people when they're going through their crap. Yeah. You and that could be yeah. part of your purpose. Oh, I already know it is. You know? No storm lasts forever. It does not. Never. Does you know, not. the sun too shall pass. Exactly. Right? The sun will always rise and set. That's you know? true. That's mm. it. So you know, it's okay. It's interesting you say that that you meet people that have experienced or going through some of the things you're going through. Mm -hmm. You know, personally, you know, I've had some, you know, lost both of my parents. When I met you and heard your story, I was like, wow, mm -hmm. somebody's actually experienced that, right? Mm -hmm. um, then losing my wife a couple of years ago, it was like, you know, I felt like I couldn't relate to anyone, mm -hmm. right? That there, there aren't people in the world that could truly feel how I was feeling mm -hmm. in that moment, right? Um, and then I meet Ebony, who, you know, is a widower. She lost her husband, you know. Yeah. So it's like. Mm. You lost we, my mother. Right? Yeah. Lost your mother, you know. So it's like they are people that share these experiences. Mm -hmm. And it's at times it's to help us mm -hmm. along this journey. There's a multitude of people out here in the world that have experienced what we've experienced and worse. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Some of them are not here to tell their side of the mm -hmm. story. Some people are, right? Um, but it's it's a testament of the fortitude, per se, of those that are still here, and the fortitude for those that are not here as well. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, 
they chose to do what they saw fit with their pain and their trauma. Mm -hmm. And like you said, there's no judgment, mm -hmm. right? There is no judgment. Right. There's simply empathy, compassion, and love for people choosing to be accountable, like you said, mm -hmm. to experience and feel how they feel and to make the decisions and the consequences that follow those decisions, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's, to me, is it's, I think about the whole concept of healing, I just feel like it's, when you talk about accountability, when you take accountability of the circumstances and experiences, you then recognize that you're not healing. The healing is a choice, right? You have to choose to heal. You have to choose to make a specific, take a specific course in life. And to me, it's more of an evolution rather than this notion of I'm going through this timeline mm -hmm. where I'm currently in a place where I'm not healed. Mm -hmm. So I have to wait for this timeline or these things or these things to happen before I'm supposedly healed. Mm -hmm. But it's more of you've changed, you've evolved. We are resilient human beings, right? Mm -hmm. And we simply are just evolving through the experiences that we Absolutely. experience in life. Absolutely. I think right. people tend to use the term healing for lack of better terms. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that when people... As you continue to evolve and elevate and you start to understand exactly what it is that you're doing, exactly. then your vocabulary expands and Absolutely. you understand things in a different manner. Correct. Yeah. Well, healing is also curing a wound. Mm -hmm. That's what healing is. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you look at your experiences as a wound and you're trying to, you know, cure it or fix it, it's, 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 it's healing. You want it to heal. You know, I, I think that's what people what people think, or you know, what what where that comes from. Mm -hmm. It's a wound. Mm -hmm. It's something that hurts. Something that's painful that you're that you're trying to get over. Mm -hmm. You know, evolution, I believe, is a better term. You know, I really do. I, I that that resonated with me, but but that's what that that that's what healing is to me. It's yeah. getting over and curing a wound. The issue I have with that. Mm -hmm. is that wounds scab over mm -hmm. and you can take that scab right back off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's my favorite That's thing to very do. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite. I love, I love taking it. Oh, I'm God. like, yeah. let's, let's, yeah. let's make it bleed again. <laughs> yeah. But you know what, what you can also do to, to a wound? You can get it infected. <laughs> exactly. You can make it worse. Absolutely. Yeah, because you know? you're paying attention to it. Because you're, you're paying attention. Right? There you go. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So if you don't look at it as a wound... Mm -hmm. But rather as an experience, yep. right? Yeah, that you are growing from or evolving from, mm -hmm. right? Where you're able to, you know, notice or mm -hmm. observe the collateral mm -hmm. beauty mm -hmm. with that particular experience, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then it becomes triumphant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You the know, scar is still there, though. Yes, but the as long scar, as you don't pick it, right? You know, <laughs> and, it, and, and when it, and even yeah. when it heals, that yeah. scar is going to still yeah. be there yeah. to yeah. remind you <laughs> of that wound. I got through that. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, I got through it. It's, there you go. You know, and ain't not wrong with war, war wounds. Know? And it becomes something you actually like. Scars. Actually, rejoice. It's something to rejoice yeah, over. Absolutely. Actually, like I made it through that. I made it through yeah. that, right? man. Like you were praise, going through that fire. Yeah. You think you were exactly, you know, but you did. You did. Like, you praise got the Creator. So, yeah. so for me, it becomes more of you know, it's the you know, because uh, this notion has been really, really permeating my being. Right, this notion of that survival is our basic instinct right because mm -hmm. it's like people detail how when you go through something difficult right mm -hmm. then if you make it through the other side you've survived right because mm -hmm. you 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 had to dig deep into you know your human instincts of mm -hmm. survival and you overcame right mm -hmm. and other, then there are those that did not overcome right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or didn't take that particular path of saying, I've survived this. They decided to take another route, whether mm -hmm. it's suicide or whatever it may mm -hmm. be, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'd rather, because you know, a lot of times, you know, those people are looked at as cowards, right? Or they took this path, therefore they're a coward. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the fortitude to make it through. My right? daddy was not a coward. No, no, exactly, right? <laughs> exactly, right? He yeah. was not. My exactly. daddy was 
everything. He was a gangster. My dad was infantry on the front line of Vietnam. Vietnam. I, I praise him for that. Exactly, you know? right? True OG. My dad was everything. But so you I'm know saying, what's right? real? Mental illness. Exactly. So I'm, Exactly. So we talk about that. That's right? real. Like, it's real. But even with that, what is that? What is mental illness, right? Mm-hmm. It's all, right, a fixation with a... St- the past a state yep, of mind a state of mind right yep, so is. so for us then it's to say that survival is our basic instinct and then we use that you know benchmark to judge others mm-hmm. as not being you know so strong or whatever words we want to you know we want to you know utilize i think is a disservice to humanity as a whole mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for me i prefer something i learned recently you know from a book that i read recently um, is that survival is not our basic instinct, but rather the expression of our divinity is, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think about the expression of our divinity being our basic instinct, then we create whatever reality we see fit based on our experiences. So someone decided to create a reality to overcome and survive, and mm-hmm. someone decided to create a reality where they transition to the non-physical life, right? Mm-hmm. That's them expressing their divinity, mm-hmm. right? Because you are a divine being, a creator, mm-hmm. s- similar or equal to that of which you come from. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you could choose to create a life where you demonstrate how these tragedies, these things didn't bring you down, but rather, you know, allows you an opportunity to overcome or triumph. Mm-hmm. And there are circumstances people choose to Mm-hmm. terminate this incarnation mm-hmm. yeah. and transition to another experience. Mm-hmm. So we have the choice to actually do whatever we want because Absolutely. of our divinity. So I think that is just power within that. Yeah. I think, you know, that would allow us as people to truly choose whatever journey we see fit. Mm-hmm. But you got those cultural forces. It's like, you have to be strong. <laughs> you have to do this. This is how yes. you get over. Yes. You know, you have to be strong. You you know, keep your head up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. you know, you can. It's, it's not going to look the same for everybody. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Even a, a great point. You know, yeah. we talk about even death as well, which was you know what we talked about as we commenced this particular experience, mm-hmm. this conscious intercourse. Do we really even ever die? Do we really even ever die? Do people actually die? Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Exactly. Spirits right? live on. What is that, right? right? Every religious tradition that I could think of talks about the afterlife, hereafter. eternity, yeah. right? Whether it's in yeah. flames or whether or not it's in a flower garden. Mm-hmm. It's, it talks about how we are eternal beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, what's all the fuss about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? I honestly feel like we're all on a journey and yeah. once and you're here for a reason and I think that once your purpose is is done then, yeah. then it's time to go. It's time yeah. to go. And and we don't know when that time we is. We don't. We don't. And when I look mm. back at my parents the other way that I was able to cope with that situation was yes. I understood and and my thoughts about, you know, God and everything is evolving. Yeah. You know, so I have to like preface the statement by saying that, but the other way that I coped with it Um, losing my parents was we're all borrowed from God Mm. Mm. and when he's ready to call us back it's time to go it's time so obviously whatever purpose they were put here for they fulfilled that now the way that they went out it might hurt us but they went out for that in that way as a I don't know for for everyone that it affected and so yeah. it's doing something to us along our journey. Correct. You may not understand, understand it in the moment what yeah. it is. Yeah. All, yeah. Is, all yeah. is one. Going yeah. back to that notion that yeah. all is one, that it's all happening yeah. and yeah. it's all interdependent yeah. for the purpose mm-hmm. of everything. Yeah. Yep. It's eternity. not happening to you. Yeah. It's right. happening for you. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. all happening inter- yeah, interchangeably, interdependently, yeah. collectively yeah. as part of the human story, yeah. the human experience. Yep. Yeah. So, um, really, really grateful for this experience, yeah. this moment. Yeah. 
yeah. right? Yes. As yes. we traverse through eternity, mm-hmm. we were able to spend this moment mm-hmm. to discuss such a profound, mm-hmm. you know, experience. And I almost feel like, you know, this hour is coming to a close, but I almost feel like we, we need more time. I know, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we need a part two, right? So we're, we're going yeah. to have to have you come back yeah. and yeah. visit us, you know. Yeah. I would love to. This you is know, actually fun. To, to have a, <laughs> yeah, to have a matriculation, you know? right? Another yeah. infinite matriculation mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. you know, this particular notion of who we are. Yeah. and you Yeah, because there is a high rate of suicide. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's sad. It's sad. But people need to know that they're not in this alone. Right. Indeed. And that's the, the these conversations help people understand that. Mm-hmm. You're not in this alone. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're not the only person who's been through this. Right. Yeah. It's 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 light at the end of the tunnel. And another right? thing is, you know, is suicide a bad thing? We're gonna end on this note. Is suicide a bad thing, mm-hmm. right? Because literally we have an issue of someone taking their lives in a short period of time. Versus someone that's taking their life in a longer period of time. Like people can smoke cigarettes all day long. Kill yourself or, slowly. Or eat whatever. That's fine. You, mm, could, you can do that. You could mm-hmm. drink yourself to death. <laughs> you can yeah. eat yourself to death. You can right. do all these things. You can smoke yourself to death. That's right. fine. But if you commit but don't suicide, just commit, it's a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. So you know what? On that note, we're going to leave that there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Leave your comments below. Please. Right? Please. We want to hear from you, the world, our people. Miss Shamika, Comment, share. thank you so much thank you for, for this me. moment, Very for your courage, for your vulnerability. Yeah, that you. word, vulnerability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we are thankful for this opportunity. Yes. Power one eight point nine. Yes. Conscious in the course. Until next time, y'all. Continue to spread love and light. Love, peace. Peace.